Welcome to the Pathways Senior Care Advisors Coffee and Conversation Podcast. We are a team of senior care planning professionals who partner with individuals and their families who are considering senior care living options. At Pathways, it is our mission to provide guidance to high-quality senior care that results in a safe and happy life for our clients. The goal of this podcast is to provide our clients and potential clients with relative information and interviews with subject matter experts focused on issues key to preparing for senior living. We hope you enjoy this episode of Coffee and Conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. My name is Stacy Carter, and I'm with Pathways Senior Care Advisors. Um, in case this is our second uh, Coffee and Conversation, and in case you did not tune in last week, um, our topic of conversation was building a Pathways plan, and we talked about how we were going to do that in steps. So um, each week we're going to have a, a, um, a different speaker and then a different educational session. So, um, and if you can't join us, this will be recorded and we'll um, share it with you at a later time. But, but at Pathways Senior Care Advisors, we actually have uh, a network of alliances that we work with and so today, what we're going to do is um, have one of those speakers to um, talk with you. And Mary Coron is going to introduce our speaker for today. Thank you, Stacy, and good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Um, if you don't mind, if you'll mute yourself right now, I just have somebody right outside my office with a leaf blower. I hope that's not distracting, but if you'll mute yourself, that'll keep uh, outside noise uh, from interfering with uh, Don's presentation. Uh, as Stacy said, with Pathways Plan, we like to have a team approach. We're the planning consultants at Pathways Senior Care Advisors. Uh, we like it when the plan can be done over a period of time, where sometimes we only have a few hours if somebody needs our help. But this, this second topic is so important to, to our clients because, and, and to I hope future clients, What's happened over the past three years at Pathways, we've had a lot of people come to us and they simply weren't prepared for the high cost of, of care. And so it, as recently as yesterday, we got a call from a case manager who had had a client turned over to her. He only has Medicare and Medicaid. And so we're gonna be very limited in what will be available to him. So this topic is, is very important it's the reason we put it in the second space uh how to plan for the cost of long-term care got a, a lot of we're lucky in this area to have a lot of good financial advisors and people that can help you and this morning we're really fortunate to have with us don bratcher with the bratcher financial group uh don would you like to tell us a little bit about you and your company Yes, Mary, and I want to thank you and Stacy and Pathway for letting me participate in this. Uh, I've been in Bowling Green. I've been in the financial services industry for about 35 plus years. Uh, my practice mainly focuses on individuals and couples and small businesses, and we try to direct people to do planning, uh, whether that's comprehensive planning or what we're talking about today of what we call situational planning, where somebody's wanting to address a particular area in their life. So 
Uh, we've been Bowling Green since about 92. My wife and I both went to Western. Uh, that's where we met. Uh, and so it's, it's good to be with y'all. Appreciate the opportunity to talk with y'all. Thanks, Don. When is the first, or what is the first discussion you typically have with the person who wants to, to plan for the cost of long-term care? Well, we usually get people uh, from two different areas uh, when there's an interest in long-term care. We get several calls. Uh, and in that case, uh, when we get a call in, we try to figure out why. What, what has happened that has spurred somebody to call in about long-term care? Because long-term care is not one of those things. It's two, people are on two sides of the fence there. It's something they never think about until the day of, or it's something that they just don't want to think about. Uh, so the calls that we get in, uh, we try to find out why they're calling in. What has happened in their life that has made this phone call happen? And typically it's they have just either entered into or are coming out of a season of care. Typically that's with a parent. And when they are either going into that or coming out of it, uh, most of the time their thought is, I don't want my kids to go through what I'm going through or just went through. I wanna plan better. Uh, so that's one area. The other area, we typically at about 50, age 50, we start talking to our existing clients about care, long-term care planning. And uh, most of the times there it's from a financial side. Uh, I truly believe that long-term care expenses now is the biggest threat to most people's assets. You know, I've been doing this a long time. Uh, used to, we did estate planning where we planned for estate taxes. And that's when the, uh, the limits were a lot lower than they are now as far as when the federal government started uh, taxing estates. But with the increased limits, the biggest threat, I believe now to a person's retirement dollars is long-term care expenses. And so, you know, we, we usually get them from both of those two areas is how we start uh, the conversation with people. Well, we're glad to hear that earlier age. Uh, you know, um, back in, when I first started in banking a lot of years ago, it was really simple. People just put their money in certificates of deposit. Those certificates paid pretty decent interest. And at the end of the day, they were prepared for uh, whatever they needed to do. That's become a lot more complicated today. So, um, and then here we have layered on top of it, uh, COVID-19. So um, it's, it's making things even more challenging. We have to, we have to talk to each other like we're talking right now on Zoom. We can't, talk face to face with people the way we'd like to. So uh, talking about the earlier age, what age do you like to see uh, someone start talking about planning for the cost of long-term care? Well, again, I'm like, like you just said, I've been doing this a while. Used to the conversation was usually in their 60s is when we started having that conversation. Uh, of course, you know, the long-term care industry has changed drastically over the last 20 to 25 years. Uh, you know, several years ago, we didn't have home health care. We didn't have assisted living. We didn't have adult daycare, uh, or it wasn't prevalent, especially in more rural areas. It might've been in larger metropolitan areas, but uh, as uh, things progress, 
so in, in that case back then, your choice was nursing home. Nobody wanted to talk about that. You had to be older to be considered for nursing home. So that meant a later age before that came about. But I go back to my first comments about uh, people dealing with parents as the baby boomers, the older part of baby boomers start getting that age or the younger part of baby boomers are dealing with their saver parents that are 80 or 90, we are starting to see more discussions in the 40s and 50s uh, of people, again, coming out of a situation and they're saying, I wanna be better prepared and plan better for my situation than my parents did. What do we need to do? And there is advantages of starting earlier uh, when you start looking at different types of uh, uh, funding of vehicles, insurance or so forth, uh, of buying some of those things at a younger age. There are advantages. And also, if you don't go the insurance route of planning your assets in a way to be prepared for that happening. Um, and the other thing you see too is that you see, especially in the area of Alzheimer's, you see people younger and younger needing care uh, in their 50s uh, or early 60s that actually need care. So, uh, you know, I have, a, I have a statement I say in my office is that uh, you buy insurance, if you're looking at insurance, you buy insurance with your health and pay for it with money. Uh, because if you have a condition, uh, you can want to plan all you want to, but you can't go get coverage to pay for benefits. And so sometimes deal, uh, handling or addressing this uh, type of care at a younger age helps or improves your chance of getting coverage or, or benefits to pay for. Well, absolutely. And, uh, and then uh, managing your money uh, wisely, investing it wisely, um, uh, will help them be prepared as well. Now, now somebody said to us, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to buy long-term care insurance. I don't, I don't think I'll ever need it. Well, you know, I buy homeowner's insurance and I hope I won't ever need it. I buy insurance for my car right. and I hope I'll ever need it. But, uh, um, it's just a, a, a way of protecting if my house burned down, I certainly don't want to have to, to, to dig into trying to find the assets or borrow the money to build it back. Well, I tell clients the same thing is, you know, if, if we ended up, uh, if a client needs or wants to participate in, a, in an insurance contract, uh, my last comment to them when we go over the contract is, is I hope you throw any money away and you never use it. Absolutely. <laughs> just, just like your homeowners, just like, you know, you know, most insurances that we carry pay somebody else because we have no money. We don't have enough money to pay them out of our pocket. Don, let's kind of go a little bit further and talk about what areas a person or a couple should uh, be considering uh, when they're talking about uh, planning for the cost of long-term care. Well, as I mentioned, when I described what we do, you know, we do, uh, like I said, comprehensive planning at our office, and then we do the situational planning we're gonna encourage people to do comprehensive planning. And the reason is, is that there, I, I use the example sometime of going to the doctor. If you go to your doctor and your shoulder hurts and you walk into the doctor's office and you say, doc, my shoulder hurts, 
I just want you to look at my shoulder. I don't, you know, I don't worry about my leg or my blood pressure or anything else. I just want you to look at my shoulder. The doctor probably is not going to see you. The doctor, you know, when you go into a new doctor for the first time, they're going to ask everything about your background, all your medication, all your previous surgeries and everything. So they can better advise on your shoulder. I think long-term care is a lot the same way or any type of planning as far as that goes in that you can make better decisions when you look at the whole holistic picture of everything. When it comes to your assets, your investments, what type of investments are they? What risk level are they? How have you got them structured? What your legal documents look like now? What changes might you need to make in those legal documents? Um, you know, what's your family situation even? Uh, you know, we've had discussion with people of what's the longevity in your family? If you've got a 98 and a 95 year old parents that are still living, you might want to take that into consideration. If everybody in your family's passed away at 72 years old, that's another discussion. I mean, nobody knows. I mean, but the more information you can compile and put together, the better decisions that you can make with everything. Does that make sense? It, it really, it does. And um, do you try to include other family members like adult children in those conversations if the people are willing to have them included? I do, especially, of course, you know, when we get to the older, older ages, insurance doesn't, you know, really doesn't come into play because there is a point where it just outprices itself. And you just really, it's not a consideration. You really need to start looking at how you're structuring assets. You need to get an elder law attorney, somebody that's, that's uh, knows how to work in those areas involved at that time. But yes, if there is, there's been several instances that we uh, will we'll ask for the kids to be involved. And again, that's a mixed bag there too. Some, some kids don't want them spending money on anything. Some kids have, you know, you take your 80 year olds now. Uh, I use my parents as an example, uh, very private, you know, 50, 50 chance that the kids even have a clue what the parents own and which is not good. You know, it, it, you know, you need to get the kids involved as much as possible. Uh, you know, we require power of attorneys, you know, I say require, we strongly encourage to get power of attorneys in place. And then we keep copies at the, uh, at the office here. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of things involved there, but the more you can get family involved in this situation, this type of situation, the better the circumstance usually is. Well, it certainly would be from Pathways perspectives, uh, because one of the challenges we run into frequently is when there are multiple adult children and they don't agree and they're not listening to their parents. And as you just said, they really don't know what their parents have. Um, it's really bad when, when, when Alzheimer's is the problem or some other form of dementia, because then it's too late to ask the parents. Um, well, it's just a, you know, it's a fluid situation. Every situation is different. Uh, you know, you have some children that just don't want to face it. Mm -hmm. They don't even want to talk about it. Uh, you, you've got other children that just grab it and, you know, they're all in, they're moving mom into the house as long as they can. And, 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 you know, every situation is different. 
so you just have to, you know, just sit down with them and talk it, talk it through to them. And it, you know, it's a very sensitive time too, especially, you know, we, we mentioned Alzheimer's a couple of times, especially in those situations, you know, having gone through that with my wife's mother, uh, I learned more through that situation than I probably have reading my books and, and taking classes and so forth. Uh, but you know, you, you, it's tough because you lose them three or four times, you know, you lose them, you know, sometimes mentally, you lose them physically, you lose them emotionally, and then you lose them finally. And that's a long period of time sometimes to, to go through. And again, you just have to be aware of that. And, and uh, you know, I've learned uh, long-term care planning is an educational process. You know, where somebody might come in one meeting and sit down and buy life insurance uh, or, or something or come in one time and like, I got this money, I want to invest this and we talk it through. Long-term care typically is a two or three meeting process. Uh, one, you got to educate them on what long-term care is. Because again, if you say that to 90, uh, 100 people, 98 of them is going to say nursing home. Uh, that's just cost what they've heard. Uh, when in actuality, you know, based on the last numbers I've seen, only about 15% of all claims paid by insurance companies uh, is nursing home. Most of it is paid for home health care or assisted living uh, claims. So, you know, you know, I've, I've run in a lot of situations where. Uh, well, Medicare will pay for it because my neighbors on, you know, my neighbors is being paid by Medicare. And it's like, no, Betsy run out of money about two years ago and Betsy's being paid by Medicaid. Let's talk about the differences between the two. And so it is an educational process. And it's eye opening a lot of times to people. Well, it is. Uh, I, I like you went through, a, my father had Parkinson's and we went through 11 years of uh, decline and so uh, that's a hard way to learn the lessons yeah. of long-term care but uh, certainly it's a uh, it's very personal and you, you uh, learn it a lot better than you do from reading anything anywhere yeah. um, and and you know it, it, the whole assisted living versus nursing home we run into that problem all the time Don and and you know I'm 73, I get it. People wanting to remain independent. Uh, I moved out of the home that I lived in over 40 years. So I could be in a smaller space that was all on one floor in my, my uh, quest for independence throughout my life. But one thing I've learned as a Pathway Senior Care Advisor is some people push that too far. Um, you know, their worst nightmare and mine is to go into a nursing home. But, um, they, they don't understand that if you wait too long, you may have declined physically so much that you no longer qualify for assisted living. So you end up leapfrogging into a nursing home when that was the thing you were trying the most to avoid. Right. So, um, you know, having a plan and, and having things in, that you thought about logically um, is so important. It is, uh, it is. And I think that's why you've seen such a, you know, everybody won't stay in their home, which is why home health care has grown like leaps and bounds in the last 10 years. And, mm -hmm. and if they can't stay in their home, they want to stay in a home-like setting, like an assisted living. And, you know, that's why nursing homes is usually the last thing. But, 
uh, you know, I've found a lot of times people uh, probably don't get the care they need as quick as they need it, which is why they jump from home to a nursing home. Uh, you know, I've seen, I've had multiple clients over the years that once they went into a nursing home, they actually got better because they were getting regular meals. They were getting their medications done properly. They were doing certain things uh, that they weren't getting at home. Uh, and that's just, you know, that's just family members wanting, thinking they're doing the right thing and the best thing for their parent or the, for their loved ones. But oh, sometimes it's not. No, you're absolutely right. Stacy and I see that all the time with our clients going into assisted living. And you know, people, it's really funny. Oh, uh, I had, I, I don't, I had a different view of, of assisted living before we started Pathways. Stacy already knew a lot about it and she taught me a lot. But as I've been into the senior communities in Bowling Green over and over and over again, um, sometimes Stacy and I'll take a client on a tour and we'll come out and say, you know, this is kind of like a cruise ship on land. <laughs> all these activities, there all, all these uh, people taking care of, you know, they clean up your apartment, they do your laundry. Uh, so our view, or my view, certainly of assisted living has, has gone 360 degrees for the good. Uh, people Why think, is, go ahead. Well, they, they also don't realize they can come and go. Yeah. Know, a lot of people in assisted living have their car right there. Yeah. And they leave and go do whatever they want to do. I'll use my dad as an example. You know, uh, my parents moved into an assisted living in Glasgow last, end of last September. Now, unfortunately, my mom was only in there five days and had a stroke and passed away, you know, five days later. But my dad in 93 is one of those, still has his car, still played golf, uh, you know, and we were concerned that he would want to then, because moved in there mainly for my mom. Uh, but we were concerned that he would want to go back home. But, uh, and I sat down and talked to him. He says, no, he says, they do everything here that I don't want to do or can't do. You know, they cook, they clean, uh, you know, and I still get to go do what I want to do. So even though I don't want to write the check for it, I'm going to stay here. And, uh, you know, of course it's been a little different with the COVID and so forth now, but, uh, he can't go run around like he used to run around. He probably shouldn't anyway at 93, but that's another discussion <laughs> that you have to have with parents. So, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it is, it's, you know, we are, as the kids, my brother and sister, we joke like, okay, we may move into one next to him or something because this is pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and is there just one other piece of advice you'd like to give before we wrap this up? Well, just kind of tying everything together, you know, I always say, and my staff will tell you in my office, you know, the only thing we sell here is trust. Uh, and that really applies in this area of, of planning. You know, you really need to find someone that you trust, you know, that knows the, that knows the business, yes, but somebody that you can trust and is gonna give you good advice in this area. Uh, that already, just like what y'all do, already has a team of people. Uh, I don't do everything. You know, y'all serve in the area. I have attorneys that I, that I work with. I have CPAs that I work with, bankers and so forth. And, you know, I, because I can't do everything, nor do I want to do everything. Uh, 
but you know, really find somebody that's just not going to sell you a product that is going to do planning with you and will be able to say, you really don't need to buy this. You need, you should go over here and do this instead. Uh, you know, one of our first conversations we have with somebody that's not in the urgent planning stage is, uh, you need to go see this attorney. You need to get your documents in order and figure out what this attorney, what, what you can do to structure your assets. And then from there, we'll plan accordingly from there. So just making sure you get somebody that you and your family's comfortable working with. I think that's great advice, Don. And, and we'll lead into our next uh, coffee and conversation is about estate planning. It's on July 28th. Uh, the presenter that day will be Stephanie McGehee-Shacklett with the Barry McGehee Law Firm. So we hope you all will join us for that one. But right now, uh, does anybody have any questions of Don or me or Stacy? Mary, I do. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Hi, Don. This is Don Franks with Charter Senior Living of Bowling Green. Yes, sir. Appreciate everything you've shared today. Uh, I was just imagining your family visit in your office and what that must be like. I'm curious as to what your words are to a family when they say, we've saved all our life, we've worked hard all, all, all our life, we finally paid off the house, we finally paid off the farm, we wanna leave something for our kids. I don't know how I feel about going into uh, and directing my money somewhere that wasn't our initial thought. Well, of course, one, one of my first comments I tell every client, regardless of whether we're doing long-term care planning or not, is that this is your money. And whatever we do, we, you know, I completely respect that it's their money and whatever we do, they need to feel comfortable with it. Um, I think the answer to your question in a large part will, you know, most people realizes the threat it's just whether they're willing to do something about it or not. Uh, you know, and that's with almost any insurance. Everybody knows they're gonna die. I don't mean to be morbid here, but everybody knows they're gonna die. But there's a ton of people out there that have no life insurance. So they're, they're typically, long-term care is one of those that it's either the person, there's two reasons people buy long-term care, I believe, what I've experienced. One is the financial reason, what you're just talking about. Hey, I've accumulated these assets. Uh, this is motivating me to do something of how to structure my assets and so forth, or look at insurance products that will fill the gaps that maybe my product, you know, my assets won't cover. Uh, that's one area. The other side is the emotional side. And that is, like I said earlier, I don't want my kids to go through this. This has been one of the hardest things I've gone through dealing with my parents. So I don't want to go through this. I want to do what I need to do. And it's funny, a lot of those people don't have the assets. They just, but they'll, they'll end up buying the insurance because they know, well, number one, they don't have the assets to go fund it. Very few people, I mean, there are some people, you get to the point that you can fund something you know, but when a nursing home stays a hundred grand a year now at places and, you know, the risk of two husband and wife's going in is slim, even though I, you know, I've shared with Mary and Stacy, I just had my first set of husband and wife 
that's been in the nursing home and assisted living for about 12 to 14 years and run out of assets. They ran out of insurance and ran out of assets. So the risk is there. Um, but you know, again, that's why you sit down and do planning. I mean, again, the holistic approach of looking at everything can help answer some of the questions you just brought up. How do we structure assets? What have you done in the past? Are there life insurance? Is there a life insurance plan in place that that's what you end up leaving the kids, which allows you to spend the money for long-term care? You know, that's, we do a lot of that in the fact that the, you know, uh, having a, having a life, life insurance plan in place gives you permission to go spend your money. Cause everybody at some point, you know, you get to 75, 80 years old, everybody wants a legacy. Everybody wants to leave their kids something, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it takes planning a lot of times and it takes planning before you turn 80. <laughs> you need to do planning when you're, you know, in your forties or fifties or younger. But again, we're human. We don't think that it's, it's almost impossible or hard to think 40 years down the road, but that's what we try to encourage people to do. Now, encouraging them and getting them to act on it is two different meetings. <laughs> so I don't know if that answered your question because I mean, there is just so many moving parts in long-term care plan or financial planning as a whole. And every situation is different because everybody has different aspects and aspirations. I like the, I like the answer a lot, Don. I like what you said about leaving a legacy takes planning. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah, it does. And again, life is, especially for 2020, life has, life has put enough on people's plates that a lot of this planning, I say has been put on the back burner uh, to, for some. Uh, a lot of what's gone on this year has pushed it to the front burner. You know, of realizing life is not certain. Uh, who knows what, you know, I had somebody ask me last, about two weeks ago, so what do you think about the election? after what we just went through. He's talking about the stock market. And I said, are you kidding? That's five months away. Based on the last 90 days, who knows what the next five months is going to hold. So, you know, just getting people to think to Christmas now is hard, much less 30 or, years, 30 or 40 years out. Anybody else? Um, this is Joni Evans. Um, Don, what do you think about combination products that have life insurance aspects as well as long-term care coverage? Uh, I think in the right situation, I mean, again, everything's situational. I think in the right situation, they're excellent way. Uh, you know, I'm a big believer, the longer I'm in this business, I'm a big believer in leveraging dollars. Uh, other words, how can we get a dollar to do more than one thing for us? Most people just look at a dollar and say, what's it earning for me? Some of these combination products is not only is it earning something for me, but okay, we can go over here and pay long-term care costs with it also. Or we can go over here and pay a death benefit. It provides a death benefit for us also. There's even some that says, okay, well, it could also provide us some income if we need it. So in those situations, we're letting a dollar do three or four things for us. 
which is a great leverage of money. You know, you don't have to earn as much on that $1 if that dollar is doing four things for us. You know, one of the things I think is a, is a downside for our, our industry has done a, I'll say a poor job, but, but most of us think about our investments and what's our rate of return. Uh, when we really should be thinking, what's this month? What can this money do for us? Or how do we need to position this money uh, to do this or that for us? Uh, you know, I ask my clients on a regular basis, if we can accomplish what you want to accomplish, does the rate of return matter? And for most, they've never heard anything like that because most of most of the financial advisors is well, and, and we uh, hear me, it is important to earn, have earnings on your money. Don't, don't hear me that I'm saying we're not making our clients money, but uh, it's, a, it's a different mindset of saying, okay, if we can do our plans and we can accomplish this, does the rate of return money, or does the rate of return matter? Because, you know, I have clients that get to 60s and 70s and, you know, we have the discussion with them of, uh, uh, you know, you don't need to take risk. You have the money to do what you want to accomplish without taking the risk. So why, you know, give me a good reason of why you are taking the risk you're taking. And, and some is, I'm comfortable with it. I want to earn, I want to do this, I want to, it's fine. Again, I go back to my statement of it's your money. I'm just going to be the devil's advocate and come back at you and make you tell me why. Thank you. You're welcome. Anybody else? Well, this uh, session has been recorded. It will be on Pathways Facebook page. Uh, so you can listen to it uh, later. If somebody has questions um, that's listening to it on the Facebook page or just think of questions later, uh, you can email us and we'll either answer the question if it's one we can answer or we'll get it to Don uh, so he can answer it for you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Look forward to having you back with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pathways Senior Care Advisors Coffee and Conversation Podcast. If you have additional questions about today's topic, or would like to learn more on how Pathways Senior Care Advisors can help you or your loved one find high-quality senior care. Visit us online at pathwayssca.com or call 270-901-1878.